0: Mom's trying to take a picture of their son in a cap and gown posed with his father. Mom said, let's try to make this look natural, will you? Son, put your arm around your father's shoulder. The dad interrupted and says, if you want it to look natural, make sure you get it with him and his, and his hands in my pocket. That'll be, that'll be uh, natural. Some students tried to, and I, some, these did not come from my students, but some students tried to, uh, make some statements in some reports, and these were culled from high school graduates, secondary graduates in America. I'm sure these were never written here in Ireland, but somebody wrote down, ancient Egypt was inhabited by mummies. And they all wrote in hydraulics. <laughs> they lived in the Sarah Desert. Are you listening, Sarah? and traveled by Camelot. The climate of the Sarah is such that the inhabitants have to live elsewhere. (laughs) Second one, Moses led the Hebrew slaves to the Red Sea, where they made unleavened bread, which is bread made without any ingredients. (laughs) Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. He died before he ever reached Canada. (laughs) Solomon had 300 wives and 700 porcupines, (laughs) instead of concubines. Come on, you guys, grow, get in with this. The Greeks were a highly sculptured people, and without them, we wouldn't have history. (laughs) The Greeks also had myths. A myth is a female moth. (laughs) Where's Eric when I need him? Actually... (laughs) Actually, Homer was not written by Homer, but by another man with the same name. <laughs> anyway, in the Olympic Games, Greeks ran races, jumped, hurled the, the biscuits, <laughs> and threw the java. Anyway, that was on a Monday morning. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, the Romans conquered the Greeks. History called people Romans because they never stayed in one place very long. Nero was a cruel tyranny who would torture his subjects by playing the fiddle to them. <laughs> Some of you don't know any history. That's why you're not laughing. Come on. This is great stuff. In medieval times, people were illiterate. That's a preacher good thing. People were illiterate. The greatest writer of the futile era was Chaucer. He wrote many poems and verses and also wrote literature. <clears throat> Another was William Tell who shot an arrow through an apple while standing on his son's head. (laughs) I could go on, but uh, um, welcome to the graduating class of 2016. I would like the graduating class to come up and sit up here with me. I'd like you to come up here. If you'd bring up your chair and sit up here, I'm going to get all four of you up here if I could. Bring your chair with you and just set it up back here. <clears throat> Romeo's not graduating, but you can go ahead and be seated. But he has been a, a participant in the Bible Institute as well. I'll get his testimony in just a moment. I want to encourage these students, and I'd like to encourage you in the same way that. Uh, be a finisher. Finish what you start. Now this is very important. If you're ever going to finish, you're going to need to follow some principles. Um, Proverbs chapter four, and <clears throat> while looking at, there is so much in the Bible to encourage. To encourage a young man and the young woman, there is so much in the Bible written to keep us going. You know, uh, we think that God has expectations, but I found. That yes, there are expectations and things and responsibilities, but the Bible is written to encourage us and to equip us. Proverbs chapter 4 is one of those great chapters here. The first thing I want to say, look at chapter 4, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Here, this is Solomon speaking. Hear ye children, the instruction of a who? It doesn't say teacher, does it? it doesn't say professor. It says, hear the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. And the first thing I want to say is, gentlemen, ladies, lady, you have had unqualified and yet very qualified teachers in your life. Qualifications don't matter as much as passion and purpose when it comes to teachers. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, was instructed by a shepherd. I know he was instructed by God, too. But who taught David? His dad. I'm sorry, who taught Solomon? His dad, David. David was a shepherd. That's where he got his upbringing, was as a shepherd. And the shepherd trained the wisest man who ever lived. You see how that works? Next time, you think about all of the money that is spent by the government on education. Remember, God doesn't need that money, and neither do we. We need passion and purpose and heart. God uses unqualified people and makes them qualified. Paul calls himself the least of the apostles. And guess what? He did the most, didn't he? Amen. I don't have a master's degree. I don't have a PhD. My wife doesn't have a teaching degree. You don't know how many times women ask my wife, do you have a degree in teaching? As if you have to have that to teach your children what my wife and I had and what I've had in this church has been a burden and a calling and we had a job to do. We believed it was our job to make sure our kids didn't end up on the rock pile of sin and destruction of the world. So you say, well, you know, how do you, how do you get that place? Well, you get that place just by doing. You get to the place where I just do it. I, if I asked Nita, I said, you know, 24 years, how'd you get through it? She said, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. It's the only way to do it. Now, by the end of the day, want to quit. But then you get up in the next morning and you go again, unqualified. Here, right here in your Bible, Solomon is passing on to his son, Rehoboam. He says, hear the instruction of a father. He doesn't say, by the way, Rehoboam, I'm the master teacher. I'm the professor. No, he says, I'm a dad. That's a good teacher. Secondly, I'm going to say this. You didn't have qualified teachers. And by the way, you weren't the best students either. Are you ready? Look in verse 3. He says, for I was my father's son, this is Solomon saying, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He doesn't say, Solomon doesn't say to his son, you're the smartest boy. He doesn't say that, does he? Oh, you're the best. No, he just gave a couple of very important qualifications that make a good student. You ready? You were tender. If we can try and... He says, you were tender. Speaking to Rehoboam, you were attentive, you were interested. And like John said, what made it fun for me... All the hours in preparation to teach, all the hours of teaching, was that when I got there, I knew Barry had 15 questions already ready to go. I knew John was sitting there smiling, saying, oh, I love class. And I watched as Sarah would sit, and even with her older kids, growing up and gone, Joshua always aggravating. her, She loved to learn. She was, the, she was tender. She was a blessing to be around. And that makes a good student. You don't have to be smart to be a good student. You just need to be soft. And you need, to be, you need to be somebody that just wants to learn. By the way, whether you're in Bible Institute or homeschool or wherever you are, it's, it's true that the best, the best schools are the ones where the people want to be there. Remember, you couldn't wait to get out of school? Well, I'm telling you, I had some guys who made great efforts. I think of Romeo. Romeo works crazy hours. I don't even want to ask him what his schedule is on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis. There were many times he couldn't even be in class because he was working all night long. But I saw him come in and sit down because he wanted to be there. That's a good student, amen? It's not the incredible things you can you can say and you can write, but the fact that you are hungry and thirsting for truth. Now, here, in Proverbs chapter 4, there are five universal classes that need to be taught and learned. I want you to see, look back in verse 2, Proverbs 4, 2. Solomon says, for I give you good, what? What's the word? Doctrine. Second thing, forsake not my law. Go down to verse 3. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my father, my father, my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thy heart retain my word's. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Now, there's four things I'm going to talk about there, and I'll talk about the fifth in just a moment. The first thing he says, learn sound doctrine. And Sarah only came to Bible Institute one class, Revelation. Okay? But did you know all that you learned, John, all that you learned in Bible Institute, she learned in secondary school, in Christian school, in homeschool. She learned the book of Revelation. She learned a lot of things. Huh? Genesis. She learned a lot of things. Maybe not to the degree. But you know what? We were interested in teaching our children. Sound doctrine. Good doctrine. You may not, and Sarah may not realize it, but she understands what the depravity of man is. She understands uh, uh, the doctrine of man, the doctrine of sin. These gentlemen understand good doctrine. There is is so much doctrine in the Bible. And the first thing, and the most important thing that people need to get back to is coming to church not for a feel-good service, but for a truth service. To come and say, I want to know what's right, I want to know how to, how to live right. I want to know what to believe right because good doctrine, sound doctrine is rare. Now, it ought to begin in the home, amen? It ought to begin from the youngest age. You teach children what is right or wrong. And that's what Solomon says, good doctrine. Then he says the law. I'm great. I, believe, I thank God for grace. How many are glad for grace? But let me tell you this. You'll never appreciate And you'll never access and you'll never live in grace until you respect the law. And every child, and I know in this modern day, you'd never cross your little Johnny. You'd never, you'd never make him upset. You'd never get little Susie upset. But let me tell you, in the home, the reason why we have hell on earth in our streets is because mom and dad don't lay down the law. Amen. And in Solomon's home, when he was growing up under daddy, under David, and when Rehoboam grew up, and I think Solomon is, has got a great heart, and he wants to teach his son, but I bet you he didn't carry it out well because Solomon turned out to be a brat. I mean, uh, a Rehoboam turned out to be a bat, brat. But we'll, we'll leave that to conjecture there. I wanted to say this. Teach the law. Teach what's absolute. There's doctrine, and there's law. We haven't talked about math yet. We haven't talked about science. We have The most important thing that we forgot, and Daniel Webster, who created the English dictionary, basically, from scratch, he sat down and wrote all of the English words that we take for granted today, definitions, define things in English. He said this, education without salvation is damnation. Amen. So when we don't take it seriously that a church and our home. And our schools don't have doctrine and don't have law. We're planting the seeds of disaster in our society. Third thing, that's the universal class. Uh, We didn't actually have a class just on, on this one subject, on the third subject, but it's the most important subject you'll ever get, and that's the subject of wisdom. We've already said that. Now, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. But i that's the official definition. But my practical definition is this. Wisdom, are you ready? Is seeing things the way God sees them. That's wisdom. You see, somebody may be able to state a fact. 120 people were just slaughtered over there in Baghdad. That's a fact. You better take a step back and say, Lord, what's going on? Learn wisdom. We do not need to just keep repeating the lie. Islam is a religion of peace. That's a lie. Wisdom says back and says, it is not. Somebody's teaching wrong doctrine. Somebody's not learning wisdom. There is facts being put out constantly on the news and in schools, but nobody's the wiser. This is why we homeschool. Not that we get a perfect children. By the way, they're not perfect. Sorry, Sarah, I have to break your bubble. <clears throat> But I wanted our children to learn more than just facts, figures, places and people. I, I wanted our children to learn wisdom. I wanted them to sit down and, and sit back with Dad on a, on, a, on, a, uh, on a chair at night and with binoculars, look at the sky and go, wow, look what God did. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. And I wanted the Bible Institute I wanted the, the men and women who come in and go out of the Bible Institute to learn wisdom, not just, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. I want them to know the author and how wise and how awesome this book is. Wisdom and understanding. If you notice there in verse 7, it says, Wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. And this is practical, all right? We don't just learn the Bible, you need wisdom. You need to learn how God sees things. You need to learn that God created the universe. But you need understanding, which means I want to figure out how it works. How many of you, I'm going to raise some hands for the old folks here. How many of you, years ago, we're talking 40 years ago now. Let's go way back. 45 years ago. How many of you unscrewed the back of your old radio, took the back off to see if there were little, little people inside there? Did anybody else do that? Amen. Hey, man. What, you didn't? <laughs> I did it, man. I unscrewed it there. I saw little lights. There were little tubes, is what they were. I was so disappointed. I was looking. I said, Don't you know people? I got to see them. <laughs> I wanted to know how a radio worked. One of the biggest moments of my life as a six year old was when the television broke because it meant my dad called out the TV repairman. And when the TV repairman came, I mean, he looked like God. He had screwdrivers, and, and, and crimping tools, and, and tweezers, and little bitty devices that had long, stretched of things to be able to grab stuff that fell in the middle of all the drives. And he came in, clink, clank, clink, clank. He jangled when he came into the house. And I followed him as he pulled that big television back. And he opened up that back. And it was like a whole other world. What was I doing? It's getting understanding. I want to know how it worked. I want to know what was going on. That's a good thing. See, some people think Bible believers are stupid on purpose. No, we may not be very smart. We may not be able to add everything up and calculate everything. But not only do we seek wisdom, but we want to know how things work. Greatest scientists of all time have been Bible-believing Christians. There may not be many of them now, but by the way, I don't know many great scientists today. So... Let me just tell you, in all you're getting of wisdom, make sure you get understanding. Make sure you try to understand what's, what's wrong with this world. Make sure you try to understand. <clears throat> Let's try to find out what makes the stars shine. How does gravity work? The greatest invention yet to be invented. Are you listening? We'll be able to switch gravity off. Can you imagine what you could do if you could learn how gravity works? That's understanding. Now, I don't think it'll ever happen because gravity is one of those things that God designed that that is just indescribable. But if you could figure out how gravity worked and you could switch it off, can you imagine? You ladies would never be worried about your weight again. <laughs> I'm wearing my gravity belt. <laughs> Who needs a girdle? Anyway, you need to find out why pi never ends. Three point, Here's the answer. 3.141592633. Uh, 5, 7, 8, 3, 2, 3, 8, 6, 2, 6, 4, 3, 3, 8, 3, two, it goes on and on, never repeats a number. Or never, constantly it repeats, never ends. You need to find out why pi doesn't end. <clears throat> you need to find out why cancer kills. We need some understanding. Find out how does end, D, D, DNA work and why people don't believe in the designer that created this thing called DNA test verify question learn on your own seek to understand the hows and the why's and the wheres. there's nothing wrong with learning everything you can about anything you can with the goal of understanding not just knowledge but understanding and then verse 11 I want you to show I want to show you the last thing that's very very practical verse 11 this jumped out at me and I I think it's just amazing. I, This is Solomon still speaking. I have taught thee, Rehoboam, in the way of wisdom. And he says these words, I have led thee in right paths. I like that. There was one thing to teach with words. There's another to teach with actions. He led. And you may not know, Barry. You may not realize it. And Sarah, all the education that you've had was not from the books and not from the paperwork and not from the tests. But it was from the example of a godly mom. From a dad who tried to show you how to work hard, how to finish what you start. The best thing for you to learn, Barry, is the things that were caught and not just taught. You understand what I'm saying? Solomon says, I led you. I gave an example to you. I taught you by my life. <clears throat> now my charge is this. Verse 1, go back to verse 1. I'll tell you these things that just jumped out of the chapter here. David, I'm sorry, Solomon doesn't say, you heard. He says to a grown-up son, he says, hear ye children, the instructions of a father, and attend, pay attention, to no understanding. He says, keep learning. That's that's easy for Sarah. Sarah's going to college. She's got to keep learning. But you know, John, I know you're, for with Bible Institute, but next time I have a class that you want to take, go ahead and sneak in. All right? Keep coming. Barry, I know you know almost everything, <clears throat> but keep learning. Amen? Amen. Keep learning. Keep listening. I mean, too many people. You know what the problem with today? Nobody's a reader. Very hard. It's hard to find readers today. Keep reading. Stay in books. Secondly, look at verse 6. Throw away the bones. Verse 6, he says, forsake wisdom not. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for another... uh, Is it 16? Well, I forget where my verse is. I wrote verse 6, but it's not, not there. But my point is this, with all of your learning, make sure you throw away the bones, too. Now, Sarah, what mom has mainly taught and what your teachers on the DVD and what your dad has tried to teach you is the right way. I don't care what anybody else says, we're right, they're wrong. Amen? Come on, ladies, and gentlemen. Amen. <clears throat> so when you run out to the world and when you see things that are different than what mom and dad has taught you, throw it away. I'm talking about, you know, Paul says in Galatians, he says, if any man preaches another gospel, then what you've learned already, it's a false gospel. Amen? So <clears throat> throw away the bones. You're going to have to learn. And this is important with YouTube. This is inter- important with, with just even conversations with people. People say some of the most crazy and believable stuff. And the most important thing for you to do is all of your learning, make sure you throw away the bones and say, I'm not, I'm not chewing on that. <laughs> I'm walking away from that. Thirdly, stay tender towards life. I like how he says in verse 3, he says, For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Now you know what's a problem with that? Is the was. When Solomon finishes Proverbs, Solomon, and he writes the book of Proverbs, after he finishes the book of Proverbs, Solomon goes off the deep end. Solomon begins to marry woman after woman. He begins to go into building programs. He has all the tax money you could ever ask for. So he goes in and he builds everything. He builds fountains and pools. He builds houses and palaces. He tries everything imaginable, He tries sin. He tries worship. He tries everything wicked and good. You know what he ends up as? Bitter, hard, harsh, angry, frustrated. You know what he says in the book of Ecclesiastes? It's all vain. You know what? He let his tenderness be a was instead of an is. Stay tender. Always stay soft. If you find yourself getting upset with a preacher, find yourself getting upset with the brethren, you know who's the problem? I'm pointing at Barry. You know who the problem is? Not that he is. The problem is you. Stay soft and tender. Don't get to the place where tender is a was in your life. Fourthly, get wisdom. There in verse 5, he says it twice, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. <clears throat> Folks, you'll always, and ladies and gentlemen, you will always have a choice between the wisdom of men and the wisdom of God. You know which one's going to be more flashy, Sarah? Do you know which, which one is going to be more popular? The wisdom of men. You know which one's going to cost you the most to actually get, Barry? The wisdom that comes only from God. You're going to have that choice for the rest of your life. Whatever classes you take in college, Sarah, seek to know what God thinks and how God feels. Not just how you feel. Say, oh, I want to take this class. Say, God, is this the right class for me to take? Oh, that guy winked at me. Maybe, maybe he's the one. If he is, I'll come over there. <clears throat> That's why we're staying for nine months. I'm watching out for her the whole time. Amen. <laughs> seek wisdom most of all. You may see tough times. You may see troubles. And believe me, you will. But seek to know what God is doing and his reasons in your life. Barry, why do things happen in your life the way they do? Who knows? God knows. Seek to know God. That's wisdom. Seek to fear only Him, seek to only worry about what He wants done in your life. Seek wisdom. Fifthly, look at verse eight. Prize wisdom. He says, exalt her, honor, praise her, and she, speaking of wisdom, shall promote thee. You want promotion? You want to get a better job? I was talking to. uh I was talking to. Um, uh, ben, and he's talking about, I'm going to school, I'm going to, to college there, I'm just going to see where it leads, and I want, I want like it to become a job, amen. And that's a good thing. But you know what the Bible says? Look what it says there. Uh, where did I start? Verse 8, if you exalt wisdom, she will promote you. She'll get you that job. If you seek to walk with God, seek to have his wisdom, seek to do his will, if you just worry about him, it says that wisdom will promote you, will get you in the right kind of a job. It may be not the most paying job, but it'll be the best job. She'll bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her, when you love wisdom. She will give thee, give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Prize wisdom. I know we try to teach you hundreds of hours of stuff, and and and, and uh, Romeo is only started. Okay, I've got him for the next twenty-five years. I'm sorry, his wife has just learned because <laughs> in his schedule, I don't know. How he's always going to go cram it all in. But the point being this: don't prize the information that you get. Seek to have the wisdom that comes by knowing the author of this book. Six: don't ever move on from what you've learned. What do I mean by that? Look at verse six again forsake her not, forsake not wisdom, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. It's kind of like getting married. You get married, guess what? You're stuck. Amen. When you, when you learn what you've learned, there is no moving on and saying, oh, well, that was just a phase. No. This is the preeminent way of living the Christian life. Amen. You don't move on. I tell you, the battle is we get, we get kids. We've had uh, young people in here gone through Bible camp after Bible camp and youth camp after youth camp and they sat and they sang and they come up behind this pulpit and preached and they glorified God and they served God and by the time they spent one semester at college, they're gone. They forsook it. Doesn't that bother you? You know Why? because they didn't decide they're going to hold on. They're not going to just trade wisdom in for something newer. Verse 14, two more thoughts and I'm done. Enter, ye not, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Verse 15, avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. For they, our culture... The world we live in, they sleep not except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Barry, you know what? You've got somebody out there, a puppet of the devil, who would love to get you to fall. And who doesn't sleep until they get you to do something wrong. Same thing with you, Sarah. You're going to be amongst all those kids. When I went to Bible college, I was just to saved one year. And when I ended up on campus, I'd never been there just like you. We've done that to all our kids, you know. We sort of just take root to college and say, bye. <laughs> Josh, here you go, bye. It's just the way I, I was. I ended up at Bible College, and I imagined everybody in that college was walking on air. I imagined everybody in that college was nearly perfect. They all were saints of God. Everyone, I just, I couldn't get over being in a Bible college surrounded by Christians. It was a great thing. But I came to find out there are sinners too, saved by grace. There are plenty of them that would love to see you fall and turn away. And there are people, and if they're not people, there are spirits that would love, John, to hurt you and to cripple you and cause you to fall. Beware of that. Don't go start down that way. Don't start... You know, trading in the simple things, the, the, the blessed things that your parents invested in you, your pastors invested in you, your Sunday school teachers invested in you. Don't forsake them. Stay, here's my point, stay separate from the world. You know, Sarah, you're going to Bible college, they got rules there. Guess what? Lots of rules. But then one of these days, you know what's going to happen? You're going to go out and there's no more rules. And you could do anything you want. By then you should decide, I know I want to do right. Amen? Amen. And then lastly, I like this verse. I think, it's, I think it's Kevin O'Keefe's favorite verse. Look at verse 18. But the path of the just. One, verse 16 and 17, is a path that the, that the devil and the world wants you to go on and lead to ruin. But verse 18 says, the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more until the perfect day. Follow the journey that God's put you on, gentlemen and ladies. Follow that journey and shine like Pastor has never shined. I would like, I'd like John to believe, and Barry to believe, and Romeo to believe, that they can shine more than Pastor ever could dream. Don't ever say, Oh, Pastor, he does this. You have no idea where I started from. And if you just start and serve God with all your heart, I'd like you to shine more and more, more than Dan, me, Andrew all put together. Because you can. You don't need education. You need wisdom. You don't need great understanding. You just need a great God. And Sarah, you can reach your generation. One person can affect a whole generation. If you'll get on that journey, that path that God has for you, it's the will of God, whatever it is. I don't know. I've asked all my kids to just do what God asked them to do, to be what God made them to be, not what I want you to be. I just want you to walk with God, amen? Let's pray. Father, I just commit to you and present to you these three graduating and one that's just in the class, and I just pray over them, and I thank you for the blessing of being able to be a part of their lives. We already were a part of their lives, just having church. Bible Institute is not superior to our church. It's just a part of it. And we've had a time where we've been able to invest in, in these young men. Also, Lord, I thank you that I've had the privilege of investing and watching my wife and helping my wife invest in my daughter and get over to her. But I ask you to bless her in such a way. Lord, she's going off into a whole other place 6,000 miles away. There she's going to be in a Bible college surrounded by good people. There's still a devil who'd like to hurt her, discourage her, keep her tender, please. Lord, I pray you honor the faith of her mom and dad and the efforts of so many people that have invested in her. I pray that you would just make her shine. Help her to stand when the world is crumbling. Help her to just walk with you and love you. And, and be worthy of the name Christian. That's all we ask. And I commend to you these very precious, precious people, and I ask you for more until until we're finished, until the church is called home, God. I pray that you'd call some more people to rise up, to learn the Bible, to do the hard things, to, to teach their kids at home, to take time and, and get into discipleship every week and then go into Bible Institute so that they can confidently preach and teach and help out in all the ministries of this church. I pray for more. This is not the end of anything. This is a graduation to another level, to a time and to a place where we'll be able to look back and see this was a wonderful step. I pray that you would just bless each of these people Bless them like we can't imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.